You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 91. On today's episode, we're looking at 10 things to do when burnout rears its ugly head and ways you can keep it at bay. Plus, we will look at what burnout really is so that you can stop it in its tracks. If this past year has had you languishing a bit, well, keep listening because this episode will help. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna, and as always, I am excited to have you here today. Today's topic hits home for me, and it's why I wanted to do an episode on burnout, because I think it's more common than we realize. So many times we hear people talk about stress and overwhelm, and while I generally feel overwhelm can go with both burnout and stress, the way we react to both is different. Stress is when there is too much, too much to do, too many emotions, more and more added to our plates. Burnout is withdrawal. It has, it it rears its head when nothing has the same appeal. You want to do less. Everything feels hard. And I was feeling burnout coming on at the beginning of February. And thanks to the steps that I'm going to talk about today, I was able to shake it pretty quickly. And that's why I want to talk about this. I want you to be able to do the same thing. I know we normally talk about our homes and decluttering. And yes, decluttering can help us have clearer minds. And it can definitely help with the emotional overwhelm that we do experience in our homes. But I just wanted to talk about this because it's just been weighing on me and I just felt like that if it if I kept feeling it then I needed to talk about it. And so I want to make sure that you will be able to do that same thing, that you will be able to stop those negative feelings before they get too intense. But I do want to say right now I am not a health professional. So the advice I give you today, it is what has worked for me personally. This has worked in my life. And if you are feeling depressed or down or strong burnout or you feel anxiety, I recommend please please reach out and speak to a health professional who can help you because it's, I know it can be scary to make that phone call if you have never done it before, but please do so because it's, it, it's a world of difference, right? And I want you to be healthy and happy. And so this is what has worked for me in my life, but please do not hesitate to reach out to somebody if you do need more professional help, okay? And before we jump in, I do wanna remind you that you can pick up the show notes for today. Um, today's episode, it's gonna be on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 91. There you will find links to anything I discussed today. There are going to be some studies and links to people who have inspired me along the way. Um, so you can find those there. And you're also going to be able to find my latest download there, the Happier at Home Guide, five simple steps that you can take today to tidy up, take back your sanity, and thrive at home. It is completely free. It's my gift to you. And these five steps have changed my life. And they definitely have helped me stay uh, healthier, saner, happier. So definitely check them out. They're so powerful. I still do them every day to make my life easier. So it does go 
really well with today's topic as well. So you're going to go ahead and head over to wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 91 to check out those links and for today's topic and get that free guide. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com slash 91. Okay. With that, let's dive into our discussion about burnout. Okay, so what is burnout anyway? Well, burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion. It's caused by excessive and prolonged stress. So remember how I said stress was more and more and more and more? Well, once you get to the point where you can't take on any more, generally we start to withdraw. And that is when burnout starts to take over. We just don't want to do anything. We want to lay in bed all day. We just, nothing has the appeal it used to have. And it really is the kind of those beginning markers of depression. And so it's not really a surprise given the state of affairs over the past two years that more and more people are feeling burnout. They're feeling languishing. Languishing is another term. I'll link to an article um, on languishing because it it really kind of, it really just hit it home for me. And I was like, yes, that is, that's it. That's what I've been feeling. I just, nothing sounds exciting. And so hopefully we will be able to get past some of that today. But burnout occurs when you feel overwhelmed, when you're emotionally drained, when you're unable to meet the demands, those constant demands in your life. Now, a lot of people talk about burnout in work situations, but I really think that we can feel burnout in our personal lives too, because as moms, you know, if you're a mom listening to this, I'm a mom, but it, they, it always, you know, it's kind of a job, right? I mean, I know we don't get paid for it, but it is a job and we are responsible for the humans in our lives. And so I think we can feel burnout there too, because we have all these expectations on ourselves and, you know, we feel like our families have expectations of us and it just can sometimes get to the point where you're like, I just, why am I doing this all the time? So as that stress piles up, you begin to lose the interest and the motivation that led you to where you are in the first place, right? So some of those things just don't feel as exciting anymore. It's when those things that used to bring you joy well, you just don't feel that joyful anymore. It just loses its luster, okay? So here are some questions or things to think about to find out if you feel like you might be on that road to burnout. So you might be on the road to burnout if every day feels like a bad day. If caring about your work or home life seems like a total waste of energy. If you're exhausted all the time. If the majority of your day is spent on tasks that you find either mind-numbingly dull or overwhelming. If you feel like nothing you do makes a difference or is appreciated. Now, that's not saying that you're burnt out, but you might be on that road. So these are just some really good markers to think about to see if this might be affecting you as well. And there are a smattering of symptoms that you might be feeling that can clue you in that burnout might be affecting you as well. So I want to talk about some physical symptoms, some emotional symptoms, and some behavioral systems, symptoms, sorry. So physical symptoms that you might be feeling, these would be tired, having difficulty sleeping. Those two can actually go hand in hand too. You might feel really just exhausted, but you can't get to sleep. You might be experiencing a change in appetite. Maybe you are hungrier than normal or you're not hungry at all. You might be dealing with headaches or muscle pain. So those are some physical symptoms that you might be feeling. Emotional symptoms include lacking motivation, experience feelings of self-doubt. Now we're all going to feel have moments of self-doubt. And as moms, we are the hardest on ourselves, right? So this is a different level, right? So this isn't just the, oh, I should have done something different. This is kind of deeper than that, where you really are questioning 
you know, yourself. Failure or loneliness, um, so feelings of failure or loneliness, or an overall feeling of dissatisfaction. So those are emotional symptoms you might be feeling. Behavioral symptoms include social isolation if you're withdrawing from people. And that's why this is such a big thing right now, because we have kind of been forced to withdraw from a lot of, you know, social gatherings and social things. And we're all kind of dipping our toes back in and kind of trying to feel what to do next, but it can be a little scary. And so that's why some of this is a little more common than it might have been pre-COVID, right? Okay. You might not be performing your responsibilities um, either at all or as well as you used to. And you might be feeling outbursts of anger. So those are some behavioral symptoms that come along with burnout. Okay, so if you are feeling any of these things, I want to give you some things that you can do. So there are 10 tips of things you can do right now that are pretty easy, um, that don't take too much. And then I want to talk about four things that you can do to prevent burnout as you go forward, okay? So the first thing I want you to do, if you are feeling burnt out or overwhelmed and stressed, you can use these kind of both ways. I want you to, number one, mother yourself. Okay, so as a mom, I am constantly asking my child or monitoring monitoring her, right, for symptoms of distress, right? Not like crazy distress, but like if I pick her up from school, how are you doing today? If she's in a bad mood, are you hungry? Do you need something? Like what's going on, right? We do this all the time to our children. So I want you to do it to yourself. I want you to ask yourself if you're hungry. I want you to ask if you're taking care of your health by eating well. I want you to ask if you've had enough water to drink, if you're thirsty. I want you to think about if you've gotten enough sleep. I want you to think about if you've showered, are you clean? Are you hot or cold? And have you been active recently, right? So think about what we would do with our children, right? If my daughter starts to get an attitude, I automatically give her a snack. Hangry is a thing in our house and I get it too. So that's usually the first thing. If I start to get really snappy, I automatically grab something to eat. So also, are you taking care of your health by eating well? Are you eating good foods? Have you had something decent today? Are you drinking enough water? Water and hunger feel very similar. You know, are you sleeping enough? Are My child has a bedtime. Do I? Have I showered? I must shower every day. It doesn't have to be crazy. I just definitely try to get into that shower and just rinse off. Even if I don't get my hair washed, I, it can take me three minutes to take a shower. Are you hot or cold? Take off a sweatshirt, grab a sweatshirt. And have you been active recently? Definitely get out and move because I noticed like for my child, if she is sitting in front of a screen, if she's been in the house all day, we just have that cooped up energy. You might be feeling that too. So the first thing I want you to do is to mother yourself just like you would for your child. Look at yourself through your mother eyes and see what you can do for yourself. Number two is to turn off negative stimuli. Now there are negative messages coming at us everywhere we turn these days, from that 24-hour news cycle to COVID pressures to now fears of the conflict in Ukraine. It is no wonder that our stress levels are rising. And when I start to feel overwhelmed and stressed out, the first thing I do is I try to turn off the news and limit my social media as I have a tendency to doom scroll on Reddit. It's just my guilty pleasure, and I'm not really that into Instagram or Facebook these days, but on Reddit, I can spend hours on there. And so I know I have to learn to limit myself and turn it off, especially when I find myself doom scrolling. Now, 
it can feel difficult to detach yourself from that loop because you want to stay connected. You want to know what's going on. You feel like you are going to miss out. But I promise this break does not have to be forever. And I also promise that you can still check it on a regular basis, but just for a very limited time, right? So this is just going to be a quick break. Turn it off for a couple days and then just get your breath back, kind of get back into yourself. And then once you are in a better frame of mind, you can add some of it back. Now try to limit it to one or two sources. Don't jump in and start getting all the news and all the channels and all the things again, right? Because it's going to get overwhelming again. So even then, once you only check one or two sources, I want you to kind of limit yourself. I want you to get the information you need and then turn it off. Choose to watch the news in the morning or in the night. Choose to, you know, check a couple subreddits and then turn it off. Choose to look at news that you trust on Facebook and then turn it off, right? We're not just scrolling mindlessly. It does you no good to stress out about things that you cannot control. So stay in the loop, stay informed, and then turn it off. Number three is to help where you can. Now, I generally get a lot of pushback when I tell people to detach from negative stimulus. They think that I am being callous, that I don't want to help, that I'm wanting to self-insulate myself and pretend that this stuff isn't happening. And it's quite the opposite, really. I want you to help, but I want you to help it, it help in a way that it will help you too. It's like the oxygen mask on an airplane. You need to secure yours first and then assist others. It's no good if you pass out and leave your child alone, right? So this is the same thing. I want you to be able to help, but you will be of no good to anyone if you are stressed out, burnt out, overwhelmed, and just a mess, right? Okay. So we want to find ways that you can help. I want you to donate to a refugee center if you can, or send money to aid in Ukraine. Donate blood to help with COVID in the medical centers in your area. Look to your local area for needs that you can assist with right now. I want you to pick the things that matter to you. These are just some of the big ones that are very pressing in our area right now. So I want you to just to think about what would make you feel better because giving and helping others is actually one of the best ways to experience positive emotions for yourself. It just feels so good to give, right? We get all that positive energy back into our lives and it can help pull us out of those negative feelings and that burnout that we're feeling. So definitely help where you can. That's number three. Number four is to connect with someone doesn't take very long to do this. You can call up a friend or a family member. We are not as connected these days as we have been in other decades. So we can get lonely without actually realizing that we haven't chatted with anyone outside of our immediate family and our immediate house for a bit. Like I have my conversations with the families as we go to and from school. But honestly, over the last few years with COVID, we were not as connected with people as we had been pre-COVID. We're just now starting to get back into going out with friends and having people over to our house and and really starting to feel a little bit quote unquote normal. And so if that is feels like you, sounds like you, connect with someone. Call a friend, call a family member, FaceTime someone, just meet up with coffee, you know, meet up for coffee if you can. But I want this to be quick. So if it's going to be too difficult to set up a coffee date, then just make a phone call. That can be pretty simple. You can even send a text, but really voice uh, you know, conversation is going to be a lot better here. So that's number four, connect with someone. 
Number five is to journal about your emotions. It can be super cathartic to write down your emotions. And the best part is that no one needs to see it and you don't even have to read it again. But bottling up your emotions is never good. So journaling allows you to let them out without your negative emotions affecting anyone else, right? Because there have been times when I have been snappy with my family. I am not proud to admit it, but I am human and we all make mistakes. And it's because I've let my emotions bottle up, right? They build up to a boiling point and then they just come spilling out. And sometimes it's not even anything to do with what made me angry or, you know, it might even be something really silly that just tips me over the edge and then it all comes out. And then I feel terrible afterwards. So that's never good because now on top of anger, I feel guilt and so Journaling has been something that has definitely helped me. And I don't, I actually don't keep a daily like journal. I'll do, I do a gratitude and I'll write like a couple of things I'm grateful for every day, but I don't actually keep a daily journal. But when I am feeling just ugh, negative and yucky, I will take some time to just write it out. And if, another thing, if you want, you can do it on loose paper and then you can burn it. So you don't even have to like look back and feel guilty about what you said. And that feels really good too, because you kind of just like let it go and you burn it and you just, whew, and it's gone. Now you can also talk to a family member or a friend about your negative emotions or what's going on, what's really getting you down, but no one wants to continually be your dumping ground. So if you feel like you've been leaning on someone more than you should, I want you to try to find a balance. And then I want you to give this journaling a try. I mean, we all have people. I definitely want to be a resource that people can come and talk to me if they have problems, but I also don't want to be like, I don't want the same person to always be just telling me negative stuff. That just gets to be too much. Those are toxic people. You don't want them in your life. So you don't want to be one of those people too. So I would definitely suggest giving journaling a try. And that's number five. Number six is to take some deep breaths. Yoga and meditation can help you get in a calmer and less overwhelmed headspace. And that's because one of the big tenets is to focus on your breathing. So when you feel burnt out, take some time to reconnect with your breath, right? Take time to just enjoy that life source. We cannot live without oxygen. So I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to think about when you're breathing. I want you to breathe in positive energy. I want you to just think about all the positive things you have in your life, all the positive things going on in the world. There are definitely positive things. So I want you to think about those good things and breathe all of that good stuff in. And I want you to hold your breath for a second and then slowly release it. And if you want to do it right now, let's go through that again right now as we're doing this podcast. If you are in a place where you can close your eyes, close your eyes. If you're driving, please keep your eyes open, but take a deep breath. Go on. Hold it and then let it out. Okay. And I want you to keep doing that until you start to feel better. Because as you exhale, I want you to think about letting go of all of the stagnation, all of the boredom, all of the negativity, and all of that overwhelm that you're feeling. Okay. So let's try it one more time. Take a deep breath breath in. And as you're breathing in, I want you to focus on all of that positive, positive energy coming into your life. I want you to hold your breath for a second and slowly release and let go of stagnation and boredom and negativity and any overwhelm that you're feeling. Okay. So it is super simple, but it definitely works. Um, We do this in our house when we are all getting a little, you know, pent up and we just 
as a family will do it. And it definitely helps give us just a little bit of clarity and sanity and a moment to just really think about, again, refocus and think about what matters. Number six, take some deep breaths. We will be right back. And now back to the show. Tip number seven is to cut back on foods that make you feel bad. When I start to feel crappy and can sense burnout creeping in, I look back on how I have been eating. I talked about this a little bit in the first tip when I was talking about mothering yourself. But when we were talking in that first section, that was more just to make sure that you have actually eaten food and that you're not hangry at the moment. I know I did mention good food, but this one is really taking a look uh, deeper into that. So this step is more about cutting back on that junk food in your life. It is not always what we want to hear. I know the food is good. I trust me. But Food is fuel. So when you put good fuel in your body, you will feel better, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm a total sucker for things like French fries and brownies. But when I am feeling stuck, run down or burnt out, I will swap out junk food for a super healthy day. I mean, you can just do it one day at a time. And it doesn't have to mean like cutting back on calories or dieting. This isn't really about that. It's just about eating food that is better for you. So when I'm having a bad day, I will say like, okay, tomorrow I'm just going to have a health day, right? I'm going to start my day with a green smoothie. Then I'll eat like a salad or a whole grain bowl for lunch with like lean protein, quinoa, rice, or lots of veggies and things like that. And then for dinner, I will just make sure that I have cooked a lot of extra veggies with our meal. And so I'll have extra veggies with dinner, you know, generally just a regular meal. Like if I have, if we make turkey burgers or something, I'll just have like extra lettuce and tomatoes um, and then like an extra side of broccoli or something like that. So it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but I just try to make sure that I get as many nutrients in that day as I can. And then my snacks throughout the day are going to focus more on like fruits instead of things like breads or um, simple carbs, things like that. So it doesn't have to be crazy. And again, it doesn't have to be for very long, but I can definitely, I definitely feel better when I eat better. And in addition to healthy eating, I will try to drink a bunch of water. I have a 32 ounce water bottle and I try to drink at least three of those every day. And it's a non-negotiable on days when I'm trying to get out of a funk because water is again, another life source. It's really the basics, you guys. It's breathing, it's eating well, and it's drinking water, but it does make a difference. So then moving forward, I try to eat junk food in moderation. And so your body will thank you in the long run. So if you feel like you're just in a funk, try a health day and then try to swap out a few things every day, like just one thing at a time and say like, okay, so instead of having a candy bar as a snack, I'm going to have a granola bar. Not too much different, but it definitely will make these little steps will make a big difference in the long run. Okay. All right. So that's number seven to cut back on foods that make you feel bad. Speaking of moving and running, tip number eight is to get moving. So this can be as simple as standing up and stretching or as intense as going for a run. So my guess is though, if you are feeling run down and burnt out, you're not really interested in doing much. Remember, this is kind of the withdrawal of everything. So This is what I often find is the biggest problem because when I feel like this, I try to give myself something to do because just the idea of like, okay, get up and get off the couch and go for a walk without a reason, it's really hard to motivate myself to do something. Um, So I will give myself a destination. 
So I will walk to our little free library box and see if there's a good book to borrow because that's kind of like a little reward if there was a book to borrow. Or I will let myself get lost in a podcast episode while strolling through the neighborhood or while waiting for my daughter to get out of school. And the idea here is to just move. It's to get your blood flowing and to change your scenery. And your scenery doesn't have to be like going somewhere else. It could just be like standing up and looking at a different wall in your house. There's also, um, I will link to it in the show notes, there's an 11 minute workout. And I think it's from the New York Times. So check the link. It'll be called the 11 minute workout and I'll have it in the show notes. But that has been scientifically proven to help get the blood flowing, make you feel better and be kind of an overall body workout. But it's not hard. It's not going to cause you to sweat and get all gross in the middle of the day. So um, I will link to that too, because that's another way for you to just get up and do something. And it doesn't take that long. And you can even break it up if 10 minutes or 11 minutes seems too long. All right. So that's number eight. Get moving. Number nine is to take a break from technology. Now, I am super guilty of having my phone on me all times, at all times. I always have it with me. It's in my pocket or it's in my bag. And on the rare occasion that I forget it at home, I feel naked without it. It is definitely something that I am working on. But when burnout strikes, I can usually tell I have been on my devices too much. Now, this is similar to mothering, right? A lot of us set screen time limits for our children and then shoo them out the door to go and play. So why don't we take our own advice? Ugh, I hate when I never take my own advice. So try it next time when you feel burnout coming on, right? Set yourself a time limit. Say, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes to scroll on Instagram. You have to set a timer because it's a time warp and you all of a sudden you'll look and you'll be like, oh my God, it's been an hour. So set a timer, look through, give yourself the guilty pleasure of doing whatever it is, but then take a break, set it down, get up, go outside, do something, do one of these other Uh, 10 tips and then move on. It will definitely make you feel better. I promise. Okay. So number nine, take a break from technology. Number 10 is to indulge in a creative activity. So my final tip for today is to just let yourself be creative. When we feel down, it can be because we're not connecting to our creative self, our inner creative beings. Humans have amazing abilities to create, to make, to just poof things out of nothing, right? People make art, music, crafts. We sing, we act, we produce, we farm and we cultivate. We read and we think, we cook and we bake. We do so many things. So when you are feeling blah and stuck, I want you to take some time to tap into whatever creative outlet you love doing. Take on a small project that can get you out of your head and into a state of flow. Flow is that moment where we kind of forget what time it is. We get into that time warp, but it's doing something good for ourselves. We just really connect with what we're doing and it can really help us just not only be more creative, but more positive and just a better person. Like it can just make us feel amazing. So I really strongly encourage you to explore different options. If you don't feel like you have something that makes you get into that state of flow or makes you happy, Sometimes it can be a creative outlet. Like sometimes I like to, uh, I don't know, do all sorts of things. I actually really love designing my website. So if I need something that just feels creative, that's kind of a little guilty pleasure of mine. Or I like to go hiking or I definitely get in the state of flow if we ever get a chance to go snowboarding. But those are kind of big things. So try to think of something that's small that you can do quickly that would get you into that state of flow or make you feel creative. So this can often be enough to help you hit that reset button and start feeling better. 
And I do actually have a bonus tip. So I have number 11. And if you can, I want you to try to take some time away. Now, this one's bonus because it's not necessary. And I wanted to give you a ton of other ideas that you could overcome, use to overcome burnout when like when it strikes, right? Something that's easy that you can do quickly. Because I think the first thing that we think of when we think like, oh, I'm so burnt out, I need a vacation, right? That's the thing we all think of. And yes, vacations are great and they are necessary, but they're not always practical. There are so many other tricks at your disposal. I just gave you 10 that you can try pretty much immediately without having to add the stress of planning a vacation, a weekend getaway, or even a date night out with your friends. I know that those things are fabulous, but sometimes there's too much on your plate and just even having to be like, okay, where are we going to meet up can be too much. So when I am really burnt out, that planning level is just not going to happen because that's a big enough hurdle. That I Seriously, like I can't even think of a time or a place to meet people. And so that's why this is a bonus tip and not a core idea, because I want you to try the other 10 first. And I know those will help, but definitely take some time away if you can. It really can be helpful. And we actually had ski week um, in the middle of February, and it did help me kind of at the very end. I was doing all these other things and I was feeling better, but it was nice to take a few days away and really recharge in a different place. So definitely vacations are great when you can do them. Okay, fantastic. We have now talked about 11 things that you can do when burnout arises, but I also want to give you four things that you can do so that you don't find yourself here again, right? Okay, so the first thing is to create an if-then plan. Now, I first came across this on Michelle B's YouTube channel. I will link to her in the show notes. She has some amazing advice about simple living, and this tip really helped me stay in a better headspace since I've implemented it. And so I definitely got to give credit where credit is due. This one works well. So it's a little different, um, and here's how it works. The idea is to set up an if-then scenario that tells you what to do if something happens. Okay, so it's a way to stop overwhelm and burnout before they become bigger problems. I'm going to give you some examples. If you were on a diet and you were trying to lose weight, you could have an if-then statement that said, if I feel hungry, then I will drink a glass of water before eating anything. The idea is that your actions move you toward your goal or your desired outcome, and this action would help you satiate your hunger with water, and it would allow you to feel full by eating less. So plus, just side tip, hunger and thirst often feel similar, so that this is a good habit to get into anyway if you do feel hungry. Okay, so some ideas for this if-then statement that might work for burnout include things like, if I am feeling tired, then I will go to bed 10 minutes earlier tonight. If I am getting stressed out, then I will step away from what I am working on for two minutes. If I am feeling overwhelmed, then I will set a timer for five minutes and I will tidy up my space. Again, they don't have to be big, but do you see how those actions will help you kind of avoid that burnout in the first place, right? So instead of being like, if I'm feeling tired, I will continue to scroll my cell phone, right? Like I'm not going to continue to scroll social media if I'm tired. No, I'm going to go to bed 10 minutes earlier because that's going to help me in the long run. So try to think of your try to think of your future self as your big sister and think like, okay, what would I want to tell my little sister how to or my child, right? How to 
be healthier, how to get over this hurdle, right? And do those things that you know you should do. And if you just set it up as an if-then statement, then you have it there and you know it's easier for you to not hem and haw. It's easier for you to make that decision and follow through. Okay, if-then statements, awesome. Number two is to prepare for emergencies. Now in our home, we have an emergency kit in our garage for earthquakes since we're in California. That's a big thing here. But we also have an emergency financial planner in place. I actually have a template in my home systems power pack. So if you need help with this, that is definitely something that can do. Um, But it is basically a planner that has all the pertinent information that one would need to grab if you were in a fire or if something happened and another adult needed to take over the responsibilities in our home or with our daughter, like all of our bank statements, all of our financial plans, um, retirement plans insurances, all of that stuff is in this one place so that we know what we need when we need it. And it really has helped me a lot. Just so both of these things help me not dwell on what if solutions. I know I just talked about if then, but now I don't dwell on what if solutions because I have peace of mind knowing that we are prepared if we are faced with a bad situation. So at least we have set ourselves a little bit ahead of the game. I know there's going to be so many things that come up, but at least I know where to start. And that actually helps me a lot um, with stressing out over kind of what might happen in life. Okay. Number three is to start meditating. Meditation is not a quick fix. That is definitely why it was not in the top 10 tips, because it's not a quick fix. It takes time for the benefits to be felt, and it's surprisingly hard to sit still when you start first. Um, When you first start meditating, it's really difficult. So your mind will wander. It will think of all sorts of crazy things. However, eventually, it will become easier, and you will be able to meditate for longer periods of time. So the real benefit comes from the clarity that you gain when you're not meditating, though. It becomes easier to quiet your mind when you want to so that you can concentrate when you need to because you're you are used to this moment of meditation where all these thoughts are coming in and you're letting go of them and so it makes it so much easier for you to let go of those worrisome ideas that come in when you're in the middle of things those thoughts you know anything that's just kind of starting to flood your mind you learn to let go of those because you've already done that while you were sitting quietly so it's easier to do that in the busyness of life as well So that's number three, start meditating. And number four is to plan future fun. So there was a study that showed anticipating a fun activity gives us as much joy as the actual event itself. I will link to it in the show notes. It's fascinating. But to put this into practice is to try to become a person that plans for fun things. So some examples, I want you to invite friends over for the upcoming weekend or maybe two or three weekends out. I want you to make an appointment for a massage in a few weeks. You can start planning your summer vacations now so that you can look forward to it all spring. Now, I used to be somebody that thought I didn't want to plan ahead. I didn't want to have, you know, these concrete plans because then I would feel stuck and I would feel just obligated. But that's not how it works because when I don't plan something, then nothing gets planned. So when you are early, like, so when you plan early and you're awaiting this event, like you are just like, so an example for us, we are planning to go to uh, Hawaii over spring break. We planned this trip back in November. We bought our tickets for Christmas. So we have been eagerly awaiting this for months. And that has allowed us to imagine all of the fun we're going to have. We've talked about luos, lu- lu- excuse me, we've talked about luaus. We got snorkel gears for Christmas. We've 
talked about just where we're going to eat, the things we're going to do, what we're going to see, waterfalls. We've watched videos on it. We've talked about the road trip we're going to take, all these things. And so we have been able to extend those happy feelings for way longer than if we would have just been spontaneous and planned things at the last minute. Now, obviously, you're probably not going to plan a trip to Hawaii last minute. Maybe you are. Lucky you. But you know, those things about like inviting friends out. I I started doing this after I read that study and we invited friends, oh, you know, like 10 days out to go to a winery. Well, it was just super nice because we knew we had something on the books. We had something to do. And so it was just really nice to be able to say like, okay, like it was already done. Nobody had to think about it. We weren't wondering what we were going to do on Saturday morning and it just made it much easier. We enjoyed the day a lot more. And so it was great. So spontaneity is great. You should definitely still be up for doing things at the last minute if that works for you and you like being spontaneous. And I do like the serendipity of spontaneity sometimes. But making future plans and having something exciting on the horizon is a perfect way to keep burnout at bay. And so that is to plan. That's number four is to plan future fun. So there we've just talked about 10 with one bonus tip of things you can do right now to overcome burnout. And I just gave you four things that you can do to make sure that burnout doesn't become a big problem. So with that, I want to turn it over to you. Have you ever experienced burnout? What did you do to overcome it? I know it can be really scary to share, but being vulnerable helps others overcome their fears too. I invite you to come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share with the group. We are super supportive and remember it is a private group. So no matter what you post on there, it won't go out to your whole world. It won't go out to all of your friends on social media. So you could also message me if you want to post anything anonymous and I am happy to do that as well. So no matter what, we will be there to encourage you and to grow together. We can make our lives the ones we are excited to wake up for every day, and I am looking forward to cheering you along. And don't forget, you can pick up all of the show notes for today at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 91. I'll have links for the studies that I mentioned. Also, did you know that I send a newsletter every week with a recap for the weekly podcast, an actionable step that you can take over the weekend, and an insight into what I have been doing in my life and home? If you're not on my list, you are missing out. So take a minute and go to my website at wannabeclutterfree.com. Once there, you will be able to sign up for my free guide, the Happier at Home Guide, and you will automatically be on my list to get these extra free goodies each week. It's all on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com. And if you want to get the show notes for today's today and that free guide at the same time, just go to wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 91. Before I go, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and haven't done so already, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review. You can do it right now on the app you're using to listen to this episode. And while you're there, let me know what you think of the show and what else you want me to cover. Not only is it nice to hear how the show is helping others, it's one of the best ways for me to help you and to talk about the topics that interest you the most. And that just about wraps it up for this week. Join me here next week when I'm going to be talking about what you should not do when decluttering. I usually like to keep it positive, but sometimes it's best to learn from past mistakes so that you can avoid them. It's going to be good. So have a fabulous week and I will see you back here soon. Cheers. Cheers.